welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, qualified business and life coach, Edis profiler and speaker. The Next Level Life podcast is all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 39 of the Next Level Life podcast, discovering your voice with Jesse and Marie from North Star Messaging. If you are an entrepreneur or a business owner and are yet to discover your own unique brand voice, then this episode is for you. From overburdened copywriters to full-blown messaging strategists, Jesse and Marie from North Star have completely transformed their business and made room for their unique personalities to shine. They've honed in on their true purpose, and now they help other purpose-driven entrepreneurs to do the same. They've been featured on many podcasts, and their articles have also been published in the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and YFS Magazine. Together, they've helped entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and major universities to discover, develop, and maintain a consistent brand voice. Today's conversations with Jesse and Marie cover some really unique concepts and really practical ideas to grow your business. We talk a lot about building a sustainable business through personality and positioning. We talk about building the bridge between understanding your ideal client to what you want to be and what you want your brand voice to be. We talk about the important things when considering working with a partnership. We delve into delivering your voice through your content, how to set yourself apart and become unique in a really flooded market, defining what is what it means to be a thought leader and how to have influence in your field to become a thought leader, creating copy and really actual strategic content that converts and how to never run out of content ideas in your business. This is a really cool episode and I hope you love the concepts and all the different ideas that come out today. So let's jump straight in. Well, welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'm excited to introduce my two guests on today's episode from North Star Messaging. I have Jesse and Marie. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you for having us. I'm really excited to get into this conversation today a lot about brand voice and being able to discover what a thought leader is and how we can utilize that in your messaging strategy, but also really understand how we can create excellent content to, you know, make your business thrive. So tell me a little bit about how your business came about. Jesse, if you want to start, um, what, what prompted the business to get together and create this messaging strategy and copywriting business together? Yeah, it's a really interesting story because it definitely didn't start out as a messaging strategy business. We started out as a couple of people who decided as friends that we both had a passion for writing and we were a little burnt out by our day jobs. We had no no vision of creating a full-time business out of it at the time, but we did want to do something. And so we came up with the idea of creating a business that helped people write resumes and find new jobs. This was right after the recession happened. And so a lot of people were out of work. So we were like, let's help people create better resumes and better cover letters to get jobs. That was all the way back in 2010. And things have changed a lot since then. A lot. Yes. Very cool. Awesome. And so tell me a little bit about how you guys discovered that you wanted to work together and how you complemented each other. 
There wasn't a whole lot of um, foresight into the conversation, if we're being honest. We relied on our friendship that we had already been developing for over a year. I mean, maybe a year at that point. And um, we also knew that we had many shared strengths, of course, but that we also had some differences that really were very complementary. So when we realized that, you know, we had these skills that could be applied to more than just resumes, but we could take what we had learned from that, which was all about figuring out how you stand out and identifying your voice in terms of you know, coming to someone for a position, for a job. Um, and we were able to start applying that to businesses in terms of how to attract the clients. So when I came to the business, I came from a nonprofit grant writing background. So what I brought from that was all of this um, ability to be able to synchronize um, a, a touch on emotion, but also that logical touch and to be able to say, hey, you know, you want to be part of something bigger than yourself and bring that all together. And then Jesse had a background in education and marketing and in persuasive writing, even teaching it. And I think the best way to know how to do something is to be able to teach it. And so Jesse's a true master of this. Um, and so with those two sets of backgrounds coming together, we were able to really bring in both the emotional side and the logical side and come together as a bit of a you know powerhouse team to be able to provide this for our new set of clients who we began calling entrepreneurial thought leaders. Mm, awesome. So I totally see where the concept of working out your p- positioning and your personality really plays into that. That's awesome. So when it comes to creating a sustainable business, what do you feel is really important, Jesse? Mm, that is such a good question because I think there's a lot to it and I think it depends. So for example, with Marie and myself, since we're in a partnership, one of the absolute keys to a sustainable business is communication and respect among one another. Like if the communication walls go down, then there is no business. And even if you're in a solo business, that holds true for you and your team or you and your peers who you're leaning on. So I think that is absolutely key. I think the other part that's applicable to everybody is this idea of finding your voice. And I talk a lot about this um, concept of building a bridge. You know, there's a lot of talk out there about finding your ideal client and speaking to your ideal client. And that's great, but you are a part of the equation too. Mm. And so building that bridge between the way that your target audience speaks and what they need and how you can help them and how you speak and what you can bring to the table and making that bridge exist between the two. If you can't build that bridge, it's really hard to have a sustainable business. Mm, so true. So true. Cause I think you need to be in the eyes of your ideal client who they want to work with. And if that bridge is not there, yeah, totally. I, I totally understand that. So why is it important then that why is brand voice so important? Yeah, so this is essentially why we named ourselves North Star Messaging and Strategy is that it's so important that you have that understanding of who you are as a business, which is different from as a business owner, but um, you know, what are, what are the pieces of your values that are carried over through your business? And then how is that reflected in how you speak? Because at the end of the day, your message is the only thing that, you know, is, is your people can see of you and you have a message, whether you realize it or not, you have a brand voice, whether you realize it or not. 
Um, and so why not take control over that and be conscious about the process of putting it together? So it's important because it's really your first impression and it's that enduring impression too as you continue working with people. And it's how I think we've been able to honestly secure clients just because of the longevity of our business and the fact that we've been doing this for so long. They're saying, oh man, if you've had only sort of micro pivots at the most in these years, then that means that you really know what you're doing. Your business is successful. They don't even need to see the case studies. They don't need to, <laughs> you know, get all the proof, but they're able to just know from our consistent messaging what we do and why it matters. And so they know that they can emulate the same thing and every business owner can. Mm, awesome. So how does one go about actually discovering their brand voice? So there are a few different things you can do. And I'm uh, just to piggyback on what Marie said, the other important reason to find your brand voice is because there are a lot of people who do what you do. Mm. So there are, there are tons of copywriters out there, tons, you know, thousands, tens of thousands probably. And, but there's only one North Star messaging and strategy. There's only one, you know, you, there's only one of every person listening to this podcast right now. And the way that you differentiate yourself from those masses is through your voice. Because a lot of times the services, the actual what you get on paper look very similar. Mm. So if you're going about finding your brand voice, there are a couple of things that we recommend. Um, one is the simplest thing to do is to start listening to the way that you talk. So often, especially if we have an online business, everything that we put out to the world is video, uh, or I'm sorry, is written. And then we may have some video or audio components like a podcast or Facebook lives. But often when we have those components, we'll, we'll like do the Facebook live and then run away and never listen to it again. <laughs> live. Um, I did it. Now I'm going to forget about it. But actually, <laughs> those moments are gold mines because you can listen back and you can start saying, okay, what are the terms of phrases that I use? What are the points that I keep coming back to that are really important? Like the bridge thing I was talking about earlier wasn't something that I realized I was talking about a lot until I went back and listened to myself on past podcast interviews, on past mm. videos. And I realized, oh, this is a part of what makes me stand out. I need to make sure that I'm intentionally talking about it now. So part of it is just listening and paying attention to the words you're saying as much as you pay attention to the words your audience is saying. Mm. What do you think are some of the challenges that entrepreneurs have when, like, when, they, when they're struggling to find their brand voice? What comes up for them that you find? There's a lot of things. It, some of it depends on their background. So perhaps if they've come from a corporate background or you know, an education background or a nonprofit background like Jesse and I have, there's a certain way you're expected to talk as a professional in that field and entrepreneurs take their work really seriously. And so they consider their job a job. And that means that they're putting on that job voice. Um, and so a lot of times it's a little bit tricky to come out of that super corporate shell and define what do I want my actual business to sound like? It doesn't have to sound like where I used to work or all the people that I used to have as my colleagues. Another piece of it too, I think is um, just a little uncertainty and lack of, of confidence around building that voice. Once you decide you have permission to create your own brand voice, now it's okay. Well, do I want to sound like her or him? And so we start kind of comparing ourselves to other people and adapting what other people are doing and start parroting essentially 
or we really start qualifying everything we say because we're just a little uncertain about it and a little bit of that imposter syndrome or uncertainty starts showing through and people really can tell. Um, so I think it's best to approach it with a game plan and to be able to say, hey, it's okay if it changes a little bit over time because I'm growing and I'm changing. I'm going to take the pressure off. It doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning, but this is something that I consciously want to develop. Mm, mm, totally true. It's something that, you know, you really need to tap into, but then you get those whole fear times where you're just like, is this really me? Is this what I'm trying to create? And how am I being perceived on the outside? It's totally something that we all, all you know, come into play with. Is there any challenges that you guys have when trying to create your message around your business? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, that's part of it, right? It's a process and there's no destination. It's not like, you know, you can listen to this podcast, go off and create your brand voice and you're set for life. It is an evolving process and a journey because you will continue to change over time. Uh, When we first started, we definitely fell into that sort of super corporate we're going to write how we've been trained mindset. And on top of that, we were two different people. We had to create a joint voice mm, that wow. together as a business when both of us have a hand in writing most of our content. So that was a struggle at first for sure. Um, and I think the other, the moment that we realized that we were struggling with our own messaging was um, <laughs> we had, we, we rebranded to North star. That was not our original business name. And we spent probably, uh, hours sitting with a notepad, just put trying to come up with the perfect name and going over and over all of the things that we wanted to convey to our people and trying to land on that perfect thing. And that was really an interesting process for us because at that point we had already been in business for five or six years. Mm. And we were like, we still don't really know the best way to articulate this. We can do it really well for our clients, but we were not really confident in doing it for ourselves. Wow. It's so funny, isn't it, how it works where you can do it for other people. When it comes to doing it for yourself, it's like the hardest thing possible. So (laughs) true. (laughs) So then when you think about, um, obviously, creating content, how do you deliver your voice, your brand voice through your content? Mm. I always like to recommend that people take a look at the shoulds that they've heard around content strategy. Like you should post this many blogs a month or you should do this many Facebook lives a week or whatever it is and put up a little red flag and say, is this true for me? And ask yourself, what is the way that I feel most comfortable communicating with my audience? Because if you can start there, um, then you can commit more easily. So this goes back to that sustainability question that you were asking earlier, right? Because it's also about sustainability of content. What's more important than just putting out content is to be consistent around it. So if you can find just even one platform or one venue that feels really great for you to create some content, and it feels like it can flow a little bit naturally, which means that you're tapping into that brand voice. Um, then from there, you can always repurpose or you can always take snippets of that and post it somewhere else or put it on a different social media platform or share it with your list or whatever it is, but start where it feels natural. Um, another thing that you can do to go back to that question too and piggyback again what Jesse was saying about listening to yourself is as you do listen to yourself talk, you can actually develop a brand voice 
word bank, essentially, just like you would have a color bank for the, the brand colors of your business. You can do that with words too. And then if you do have someone on your team who's supporting you through this content repurposing or anything like that, it's so much easier for them to feel like they're in your voice for you to feel like everything, every piece of content you're putting out there is authentically you, even if you're not necessarily the person putting the fingers to the keyboard. Mm, Cool. And so then how do you allow your personality and passion to come through that as well? Mm, So one of the things that can get a little tricky with brand voice and with creating a word bank and things like that is it can start feeling like you're just sort of mad living it. You're just like throwing (laughs) words in because it's like, oh, this is a word that I'm supposed to use in my brand. So I'm just going to plop it in as much as possible. You still want to sound like a human being, right? And you still want your personality to show. You still want what you're passionate about to show. So a couple of things there. One, um, so this is something that we developed a while ago, and we still have every single one of our clients do this. Um, It's something we call the copywriting character quiz. And it essentially uses, I'm sure you've probably heard of brand archetypes before, where it, it basically plops you into a category based on your personality. And in our quiz, there are five different personality types that provide guidance on how to build a word bank that doesn't sound super mad libby. Um, <laughs> but essentially, if you can identify, you don't necessarily need the quiz to do this, you might know it just from, you know, how you act and how you feel about your topic or your industry. Maybe you are a rebel. Maybe you are a natural rebel. Okay, well, how do you kind of put that edge into your content? What words can you say? What turns of phrases? Um, how can you, you know, do simple things like have bolder calls to action that sort of fit that rebel persona? And I think the other piece, the passion piece is, are you talking about the things within your industry that you care about? that really like make you tick. One of my favorite questions to ask people is what do you disagree with that is happening in your industry? And you can, if you can make a list of your answers to that, you have some content that you can create and that you will be on fire when you create it. I love that. Love everything about that. That's awesome. That's a really great concept to think about because it's like so many people are so focused on agreeing with everybody else and trying to do what everybody else is doing. But yeah, how do you set yourself apart and become that unique and have that unique position? That's a really great way to look at it. Love it. So then you mentioned that there's lots of different ways to come up with different content. So what would your strategy be around creating content for say a new business getting started? Sure. So we like to walk our clients through a process that involves establishing content pillars. And then from there, um, you can have subtopics underneath it. One of the things that Jesse learned from teaching is it's really effective to work backwards. So just like a teacher might say, hey, you need to finish the year knowing these things. So therefore, I'm going to map it out ahead of time so that we get to everything in time. Um, what is it as a new business owner or even as an established business owner, anybody can go through this process. What am I trying to accomplish? So am I trying to sell these things? Am I trying to create a deeper impact in the world? What are my goals? What is my vision for this business? And then if we can work backwards from there, um, if your pillars can complement those things, even if you're not necessarily selling in every single post, which we definitely don't recommend that you do. Um, every time you're talking about, for instance, every time we're talking about brand voice, that's really under our content pillar of messaging. And every time we're talking about that, 
it's warming people up to the fact that they messaging is an attainable thing for them, that it doesn't have to be scary. We're sort of demystifying it for them. And eventually they may feel comfortable enough that they may want to join us in one of our messaging based programs, right? So a, our goal is to empower them to feel like they, you know, they can take control of their own message and B as a secondary goal. Of course, we're a business. So we would love to work with them as well if they're a great fit for us and we're a great fit for them. Um, so the content kind of helps with that vetting process and it helps warming people up. So in terms of actually how to do this, um, we recommend looking for two to three overarching pillar topics that you can discuss. So for our business, it's really just messaging and strategy. So what, you know, what, are, what is the message that you put out there and what is your strategy for getting that message out to your people? Um, and everything we talk about comes back to one of those two things. We've been talking about thought leadership a lot lately, but a lot of it again comes back to, hey, to be a thought lead, effective thought leader, you have to have a clear message and you have to have a strategy to get it out to your people. Um, so it really all comes back to those two things. So if you can, everybody can brainstorm, what are the two to three things you want to be known for, want to be recognized for, sought out for. And then under that, that may be where you have a bunch of subtopics, like for instance, brand voice, or, you know, who's your copywriting character? Like Jesse was just talking about all of that can go under messaging. And that way the content doesn't feel fresh. Um, I would also add, if you feel like you're sounding like a broken record, that's okay. It really is because it means that people are hearing you and it means that they have a chance to really understand and absorb what you're saying. Cause there's so much noise out there that in order to cut through. Sometimes we do have to hear the message a number of times before we really yeah. let it sink in. So yes. So essentially that's the process of coming up with pillars and then just making sure that you do allow those pillars to relate to your goals and objectives. It just means that every time you're talking, it's not just that you're putting content out there for content's sake, but it is out there to get you closer to your goals. Cause you really do see that that people are just putting content out for just the con- like I have to post three days, sure. three times a day. It's like, but yeah. if it's actually not on message, then you can often lose a lot of your audience. So it's really important. And I, and I love how you've broken that right down and reverse engineered it. I love that. That's great. So when you think about obviously thought leaders and there's so much talk about it, I'm sure it's a lot in the States, but it's definitely coming across to Australia as well, becoming a real innovator in the thought leader kind of concept. How would you describe a thought leader and what is important to create, start creating that platform? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the, the phrase thought leader really has been tossed around a lot and a lot of different definitions or no definition has been attached to it. It's just sort of like, oh, that person's a thought leader or no, they're not, but there's no real <laughs> weight to that. So when we talk about a thought leader, we want to be really clear about what we mean. So the way that we have defined thought leader is someone who uses their expertise, so they know what they're talking about. They have some sort of history, learning about it. It might be a certification. It might be personal experience. It might be professional experience. They are an expert. They have influence of some sort. It doesn't have to be Oprah-level influence. But when they say something, there is at least a small group of people who will listen and take it to heart. They might not act on it, but they at least listen and hear it and take it to heart. And innovation. So you can answer that, what do I disagree with question. There's something you're doing to change things up a little bit for your industry. Maybe there's an opportunity that's being missed. And you're using those three things 
expertise, influence, and innovation to really create positive momentum or positive change. So you're not just sitting around being like, yeah, I'm an expert and people listen to me and I have some cool ideas. You're actually like mixing them together and using them to create something. And that is what defines a thought leader. And so when we talk about building a messaging platform, the first thing we ask people to do is to look at those three things and sort of self-evaluate how much expertise they feel like they have, how much influence, how much innovation. And there's not a right or wrong answer, but it allows you to sort of gauge maybe where your strengths are and where your weaker areas are and to decide if thought leadership is something that actually is important to you because some people might be okay not being a thought leader. Maybe that sounds really heavy to you. And you're like, I, I don't really want to stand on this stage talking about my innovation to you know, 50,000 people in this way. I just want to go about my day and do my thing. So I think that that makes the definition even more important so that you can self-identify whether you want to be a thought leader or not. Mm. I love that you use the word influence in that because I think it's something that, yeah, it's definitely important if, if you're not creating an impact or if you're not having influence in that, then you're not actually really creating much of an impact. Is there a way that you can utilize um, something within your content or within your messaging to create that influence? Sure. So um, one of the things that you know I was mentioning earlier was just that consistent messaging really does create a lot of trust, which then can create influence as well, or it certainly makes the process a little easier. Um, it also makes it easier to get your message onto things like broadcasts, right? Or to guest expert um, appearances and other people's programs, or maybe a guest post um, on, a, on a media platform. When you're known for something um, and you're sought out for it because you've talked about it so much and you're bolstered by true expertise. I mean, we're not saying go claim you're an expert in something you're not. But when you truly do have some grounds to stand on there um, and you do have an innovative thought and then the messaging really complements that, um, it becomes a lot easier to go pursue those opportunities to create influence. And another thing that we can do, of course, too, is just make those relationships. So whatever it looks like for you, you know, whether it's joining um, a mastermind group or whether it's facilitated or even peer, um, taking opportunities to go to events that are a great, um, a great place for you to meet people who would be other people who could meet or introduce you to, to um, other influencers Anything you can do to, again, take that confidence. And a lot of it really does come back to that core message. Like, do I know my brand voice? Do I know my, my North Star, like that guiding light? I guess that's maybe not as apt of a, <laughs> a description in Australia, but um, you know, do I have that direction and that forward-facing vision for the business? Um, so I have a lot of confidence around that so that when I go and do have these opportunities to meet with somebody who really could connect me in a big way, um, you know, with the right media outlet or the right podcast host, whatever it is, that I know my thing, you know, I know my elevator pitch, but it's more than that. It's like, I believe it and I really embody it and I'm excited about it because mm. I know it has the opportunity to really change people's lives. That's it. And if you don't believe in it, then nobody else is going to believe anything you say. <laughs> yes. So when you think if when you think about someone who is creating this, you know, just getting started in their business and they're creating their brand voice and you're with the idea of obviously getting towards that aspect, is there something that you create or help support them in setting up that foundation? 
gather a few things. And I think really the the key is to really have an idea of what your vision is right from the get-go with the knowledge that it might change a little bit. Like it's not like you set your vision and then you're locked into this five-year plan. And if it doesn't happen, you're a failure of a business owner. That's not what it is. But there's this tendency, especially with business owners who are just starting out to say, I want to start a business about X because it sounds fun. Um, there's not necessarily a lot of strategy on, or because I really want to have this sort of impact, but there's not really, the other components aren't there. So really defining what is that impact going to look like? If you want to do something because it's fun, what is the value that that having that fun doing that thing brings? And what is that going to look like over the long term? So that then you can draw it back to those three things, your expertise, your influence, and your innovation. I could say, okay, I'm good at writing. I want to start a copywriting business. I can say I'm an expert because I know these things. I've, you know, trained in these ways. And maybe there aren't a ton of things there. So maybe that's my cue that I need to enroll in a copywriting course or get a mentor or something. I may not have any influence at all starting out because this is my first foray into an online business. So then I need to say, okay, well, what are some things that I could do to build my influence? Same thing with innovation. If I don't know enough about the field to know how to innovate, then maybe I just need to learn more about the field and just dive in for a little while. So I think one of the things is just not trying to wrap your head around the entire thing at once and be like, I'm going to be a thought leader tomorrow. It's more picking one of the things to focus on and really working on it until you feel confident and then moving on to something else. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. And for people who are maybe have been in business a little bit longer and you feel that they've kind of, you know, lost their voice or lost their messaging, not necessarily messaging, lost their um, direction, I guess, and feeling a little bit confused about what their next step is, what would you guide them to, um, to touch on or to delve into to be able to get back on, to get back their brand voice? Absolutely. I think it's okay, you know, to have these moments where we realize that we may be a little bit off the track that we initially set for ourselves, because as Jesse said, things do change. So maybe the industry has changed, or maybe your outlook has changed, or your programs have changed, or I mean, just like us, we used to write resumes, and now we write web copy and sales pages, and all these other things that we never would have dreamed of before. Um, And so A, acknowledge it as an opportunity for growth and realignment rather than as a failure and release any of that negative self-talk around it because it's okay. It means that you're growing and it means that, Hey, you're a more established business owner now. Um, And then doing a check-in with yourself. So in terms of brand voice, um, obviously we always, you know, welcome people to take the copywriting character quiz, but Really, it does come down to have I changed, right? And this is something you can do without taking a look at our quiz. You can just assess. Maybe, you know, maybe at this point, you know, I'm, I'm not working with new entrepreneurs anymore. So maybe I don't have as much of a sort of nurturing tone as I used to. And maybe at this point, I'm much more focused on, you know, how can I help architect things for my business, for my clients as a business coach, for instance, or how can I sort of attack things from this higher level and be able to really complement what it is that they're trying to accomplish my clients. Um, 
And so take a look at has your purpose changed and, and therefore has the way that you talk to and relate with and create that bridge with your clients really changed over time. A lot of it really is going to depend on who you're talking to. Um, and if that has adjusted, then probably your brand voice is going to need to adjust a little bit as well. This isn't a mark of you being inauthentic or anything like that at all. It's really just just like, you know, you might use slightly different language with like your sweet grandma than you do with like your girlfriends out for brunch. Um, you know, it's just a matter of being as socially aware and socially intelligent human being <laughs> that we're able to shift our voice a little bit to, to speak with different audiences in different ways. Mm, that's it. Cause we, we need to be flexible in this, in this space. It's something that, that things do constantly change and our priorities change as well. You know, like our life changes. And if we, if we are so stuck in that one goal, that one vision, then we can often neg- negate all the opportunities that come our way as well. Definitely. So, how do you feel your purpose or vision for your business has changed over the last 10 years? Mm. Eight years, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. It's um, changed entirely really because we didn't really have a defined long-term vision when we started. We, I remember Marie, I think you just found this recently where we, we created a spreadsheet of like what it would look like if we could do our business full time. And it was this like pipe dream spreadsheet that got buried in Google drive. And then we found eight years later, like, wow, we actually made that happen. (laughs) That, that became a thing, but you know, our vision, you know, it started out as a, this would be a cool thing. We have some value to offer. Let's see where it leads. And then later on, when both of us were in positions where we knew we wanted more freedom in our lives, we wanted to leave the city that we lived in. We both kind of moved in separate to separate cities. We wanted to travel more. We wanted to have a little bit more just independence. The vision shifted. And as we became more confident writers and as we got more clarity on the type of clients we really loved working with, our vision shifted again. Because at first we were just like, okay, we'll write for anyone and we'll write anything because we're just starting a business and we don't know what we're doing. But after a few years, we're like, okay, we know what clients we love working with. We know what clients we don't love working with. And that could help us shape our vision. And now a few years, even after that, we're like, okay, we're really clear on who we love to work with. We're really clear on what our overarching message is. So now how can we really take our writing business, what, what has been sustaining us and really take it to the next level and talk to people on a higher level and help them build their platforms on a higher level, not just from being the person behind the scenes, writing the sales page. Mm. And once you created that, the, once you redefined, how did you feel that impacted your business? Oh, massively. (laughs) I mean, we, everything we were doing changed. Um, we initially, everything we've been doing was word of mouth. So our marketing strategy completely changed. You know, we dived into the world of opt-ins and email lists and all of that good stuff. That was not really on our radar. We knew what it was. We could support other clients with it, but it hadn't been our business model. Um, also I think it really required us to step out from behind that curtain that Jesse was talking about, um, into being leaders in our own right, um, which was terrifying like <laughs> to be able to say, Hey, I'm claiming this expertise. Um, I'm letting you see me like the real me. Um, because I think that's really essential too, to being an effective, sustainable leader is not just putting on a mask of 
perfection, but being able to really own up to the lessons that we're learning, um, those, the way those failures have really shaped us, and we've been able to turn those into opportunities and really learn from them. Um, so it really meant um, stepping out of a lot of mindset blocks and fear that we had around being real human beings and <laughs> allowing that to really be part of our core message as well. Um, so yes, the marketing tactics changed, um, our message changed. And at the end of the day too, I think it's really been interesting to see how our audience has reacted in response to this. So it was really just this year when we started talking about thought leadership as opposed to just entrepreneurship both are very important, right? But there is some overlap potentially there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we started saying, hey, we're calling ourselves out because we haven't been standing standing up and showing up for our business the way that we really want to. And we haven't been embracing those areas of innovation like we really feel like we can and should um, and are called to. Um, so we're going to start doing that. When we started calling ourselves out on that, our audience started stepping up too. And so the growth, like the personal growth that we've seen within our audience members just in the last five months has been amazing because I think part of it is just us giving them permission to say like, it's okay to be imperfect and to step forward anyway. (laughs) That's awesome. And I think because you've been through it as well, you know what they're experiencing, you know how they're feeling and you're able to tap into that and, also support that through their messaging. Like that's awesome because you're so right. We've for so long, we've been focusing or seeing so many people on the outside that are getting it perfect or getting it right where it's not true. You know, I love that in so much more now, a lot of content, a lot of messaging is showing the messy side as well and showing that vulnerability, letting that come through. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It's what people resonate with. Mm, it's, yeah, definitely. It's how you connect with your audience. I think it's really important. So how do you feel like, where do you think your business is going? Say the next five years, where do you feel yours is going? So a couple of different things come up for that. Um, one, so we still are copywriting. That still is a piece of our business and that is, you know, rolling along and we're actually looking at moving into more of an agency style, which is a little scary. That's what, it's one of those like micro shifts that is a bit terrifying for us. Um, but will free us up. It will free our time up and it will free our energy up to really focus on this thought leadership piece that we're really passionate about. And so that means spending more time having conversations like this, spending more time putting ourselves out there as leaders and getting out from behind the curtain and not being the writer chameleons in the background that no one ever sees. And that's honestly going to be sort of the biggest shift moving forward. And as a result of that, that piece of our business, the consulting side of our business, where we can come in and hold someone's hand as they build their thought leadership uh, platform and give them that messaging perspective so that everything is cohesive and makes sense as they're on their thought leadership journey is really sort of an important piece of where we want to be going in the next few years. Mm, Beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, just, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, um, I wanted to add to that. One of the things I think that comes from our backgrounds in education and nonprofits is that both Jesse and I are really passionate about giving back. And so one of the ways that we really want to do that through the consulting side of things is to actually, we're currently in the process of transforming this idea and this definition of thought leadership into a framework that can be taught, repeated, maybe put in a book, 
um, but just accessible for more people, right? So that you don't actually have to necessarily say, I want to join you in one of your consulting packages to learn this and that we can give that to people because it's, we've really observed that when we demystify the term thought leadership and we put a definition around it, it becomes attainable feeling for people. And we want to replicate that as much as possible. Mm, beautiful. So is there any failures that you could tap into that maybe have happened that you feel has really helped shape who you guys have become as a partnership or as a business? Or if that's not something you can tap into, maybe something that you feel is something that will help work with the thought leaders moving forward? Yes, um, we failed a lot, and I think that's probably one of our greatest strengths, <laughs> actually. Um, I think especially once we learn to detach from the outcome of the failure and say, like, it doesn't mean anything about my self-worth. It just means I've learned that maybe this isn't working right now. So a few of the failures I can think of, and maybe Jesse will have more that you can think of, too. But um, I think one was making a lot of assumptions about what our audience wanted and needed instead of actually getting to know them, digging into the data, allowing them to tell us. Um, another piece of the puzzle for us has been turning ourselves into a two-woman island. I think this, is, this happens with solopreneurs. It also still happens if you have a partnership. It's so easy to just say, hey, I have all the knowledge and support I could possibly need within myself or maybe just within you know, my, my family, my immediate family or something like that. Um, and so when we started diving into community, building our own community, but also investing in masterminds or coaches, that's been a total game changer for us in such massive ways in more ways than we have time to go into, but really just letting go of that sense of self-reliance and knowing that we really are stronger when we, when we look to others for, for support where we need it. Mm. So what would be one, so maybe one key lesson you've had from a coach or advice you've had from a coach that's really helped shape uh, or create that change that you were looking for? Well, our entire sort of focus around thought leadership right now is the direct result of one of our um, amazing coaches giving us a friendly kick in the butt and just <laughs> telling us like, you guys have been talking about this to me for a while now. Why are you not talking about it to your people? And I mean, the answer was that we were scared and we really needed that outside perspective, someone to come in and sort of see the trends of what we had been talking about over the course of the time we'd been working with her, what we kept coming back to and sort of skirting around so that she could uncover it and be like, okay, now you need to go and actually do the thing. Otherwise you'll just be talking about it for another year. And that was super valuable for us because we felt like we were being held accountable to something that we we already were passionate about. We just were afraid to show that passion. We were afraid of what the con consequences might be. Hmm. Was there anything surprising that came up for you throughout your coaching that you we didn't realize that was something that was there? So much. <laughs> um, I mean, coaching is how I learned that I have emotions. I seriously <laughs> did not know that I had them. Um, <laughs> So I've learned a lot about myself, definitely, through the process. Um, I think a lot of it, too, is just knowing that, like, you're never going to feel ready for that big step that feels a little bit out of your reach, but it's still there. It's part of that vision. Um, and that if we all waited until we felt 100% ready to take the leap, 
we would, we would just sit there and do nothing. So um, instead of feeling immobilized, taking that imperfect action, knowing that if we fall on our face, it doesn't mean we're a terrible person. It just meant that we tripped and it's okay. And we learned from it, you know, don't step there again. <laughs> right. Um, and just knowing that it's okay to take a big, scary leap, especially when you're supported. Mm, mm, awesome. Very cool. And so what would you say being one of your proudest moments in business? Oh, that's hard. I think we've had a lot. It's hard because we've had a lot of them. Um, and I really think that, you know, it, it's easier to pick sort of the, the type of moments that we're proudest of, or for me, it is Marie might have a different response, but then, then a specific moment. And I think, Every time that I step back and I'm like, I'm really proud of how we're showing up as business owners is when we take one of those scary leaps and regardless of how it turns out, whether it turns out the way we want it to or not, we just sort of celebrate taking that leap. Um, for example, we hosted our first live in-person retreat last year and that was something that came up for us. We were doing visioning activities separately and we came together and both of us had host a live retreat on our visioning activity. So we're like, okay, this goal is clearly in alignment. So let's make it happen. We did not feel even remotely ready to host a retreat. And three or four months later, we were sitting in a, in a house with some people who were paying to be there with us and we were hosting our first live retreat. And it didn't turn out exactly the way we thought. In a lot of ways, it turned out better than we thought. But just the fact that we did it, the fact that we put ourselves out there, took the risk and learned from it so that now we know we can do it again. We know we can do it as many times as we want. That Those moments are really, they stick with me a lot. Yeah, I would add to, I mean, that was really exciting, proud moment. And we just had a, our second retreat actually just last month. And so we had the same kind of giddy, I can't believe this is happening right now moment. Um, but I think the other piece too is in the face of a lot of, trouble and difficulty and trial, we never quite let go. We, we almost did so many times, <laughs> but we stuck with it and, um, you know, relied on each other, relied on our support network and allowed those feelings of fear and inadequacy to be there and, and sort of observe them, but not to allow them to, to take over the steering wheel as it were. So um, I think that for me has been really proud because I think in those moments, it's so easy to just say, you know what, I'm throwing yeah. a towel. Yeah. And what about how you guys work together as a partnership? Thinking through all of those trials and all of those, you know, lessons, um, what would you say has been the key thing that's kind of kept you guys working well together? Friends first, always. That is like yeah. our mantra for everything. Um, we do retreats be like in internal retreats between the two of us periodically since we don't live in the same city so that we can see each other in person. And when we do that, and when we do client retreats, actually, because we always meet up a few days beforehand, we always set aside a day or two, either before or after the retreat or be, where we can just be friends. You know, we, we became friends through hiking and camping. So we might arrange a camping trip. We might do a day hike. We might just hang out. But we really learned quickly that we needed to compartmentalize our friendship time versus our business time, because if it became all business time, we would lose the thing that was most important to us. And that allows us to really be focused during the business time. Mm. 
Beautiful. And so how do you guys run your week? Like when it comes to connecting and actually, because you work in separate cities, like that blows my mind. How do you guys (laughs) stay on track? Lots of communication. Um, So, but not too much because we discovered (laughs) through the time tracking that we were meeting so much that we weren't actually getting things done. And so when we realized that we established a system, which has been working for us pretty well for probably a year now at this point, um, where on Monday mornings, we have a team stand-up meeting. It's usually about 30 minutes. It's the two of us plus our OBM. Um, there may be other key team members that we bring in t- sometimes. Um, like for instance, our social media manager, maybe critical that she comes like the first Monday of the month or something like that. Um, we've also really been focusing lately because we know that if we are going to be moving forward with this agency model, it's more important than ever that we do have clear processes and clear communication. So we've actually been working, um, with a brilliant, um, business systems, um, strategist to help us make sure that we really are, in communication with each other, that everybody has clear assignments and that we really are empowering ourselves and everybody in our team um, to feel like a really valued member of the team. So instead of just saying, hey, go do this thing, and it's just, you know, they become a task rabbit, instead saying, what is the outcome? Well, we would just love for you to be able to achieve this. So however it works for you to do that, be as creative as you want. This is your baby go take it on. And and that's been a little scary for us too, because we're both just a little bit of control freaks. So, but like being willing to say like, you know what, like we cannot control everything. If we do that, we are holding ourselves back in a major way. Um, and so instead, you know, we've, we've hired people who are just brilliant, wonderful, dedicated, smart people. We need to trust them to, you know, to be able to live into that. And so that's really been, huge for us. So yeah, just having systems in place, communication, quick meetings. (laughs) Um, that's just really been key. Yeah. I mean, when you think about you obviously started off together working at your partnership and where your roles are and then to add more people to it, do just, yeah, that's, it's something that, yeah, without those systems in place can, can get out of control a hundred percent. So I totally understand you can control freak needs. I'm, I'm right there with you. Right. It's not a process, honestly, because we we realized very quickly, and this is still a habit we are in the process of trying to break, that it is our default to talk to each other, not necessarily to talk to other people on our team. So we'll just be sending messages back and forth and back and forth and then realize, oh, wait, everybody else cannot read our weird joint mind that is happening. So just stepping back from that and being like, okay, other people need to be a part of this conversation too has been a big step for us. Mm, Amazing. So how, when you're in separate cities, how do you guys celebrate your wins? Like when you have a goal achievement or something that happens, it's really exciting. How do you guys celebrate? Lots of things. Um, We do Zoom dance parties for sure. Um, (laughs) There's definitely boxer back and forth squeal parties. So that happens as well. Um, We didn't, we were not in the practice of celebrating our wins for the longest time. This has really only been in the last year, year and a half that we've actually even been doing it. Um, we were highly skeptical when we, when coaches were advising us to actually celebrate, um, to celebrate our wins because we're like, well, but we accomplished the thing. Shouldn't we just go on to the next thing while we have this momentum? 
Um, <laughs> and so we started doing it. We were sort of coerced into doing this. Um, I remember there was actually a coach who forced us to take a day off <laughs> at one point, uh, which is in part a celebration, also in part prying our control freaky fingers out of everything. But um, that's, it's really been everything for us. So it doesn't matter. It may just be, you know, going out with our significant other for just like a little treat or even just a drive around the town. Um, and we always try to make sure, like Jesse said, whenever we do meet up in person, it's usually a couple times a year, we always set aside a day to, yes, rekindle the friendship, but also to really like consciously celebrate those wins since the last time we saw each other. So maybe that just looks like, sweating it out as we hike a mountain together but for us that's a celebration and it's exciting and we just try to like make space and time for that Mm, it's so important how do you feel that that's really changed your business in regards to enjoyment obviously Oh, tons. You know, there was one time in the history of our business where we legitimately were kind of about to shut the doors on it and we were at a point where things it wasn't that the business wasn't working, but it was that we were not working together in the business. We had sort of gone our separate ways. And this was before we were working primarily with entrepreneurial thought leaders. And Marie was relying on her grant writing background and had a lot of clients who had those needs. I don't have a grant writing background, so I couldn't help her with those clients. So I was relying on my education and my marketing and sales background, and I got a bunch of clients in that in that area. And so we almost ended up creating two separate businesses. And we, we had to have a conversation and be like, do we split and create two businesses or do we come together and create one? And we had that conversation at our first internal retreat. We decided, let's meet up in person. Let's talk about this. Let's try to create a business plan or decide that it's time to cut our losses and split. And that in-person meeting set the tone for our entire future trajectory. And that is why it's so important for us to meet in person. That is why it's so important for us to celebrate in person and to have these friendship moments because without that first one, we would not be here today. Mm. Mm, Massive. And so in regards to the next steps, is there anything that you guys are focusing on moving forward? Yeah. So in terms of, um, your own growth yeah, is- or your business growth? Sorry, I think my internet cut out. <laughs> Sorry. In, in terms of like your business growth or even your personal growth. Oh, totally. So actually one of the programs that we're running is really selfishly for us. It's a, it's a leadership book club called the Intentional Leaders Book Club. And so we've been reading a book a month um, ahead of the book club, but these are books that really are focused on our growth um, as leaders. And since we feel like everyone in our audience is truly a peer, it's not that we're sort of putting ourselves on a pedestal above them. Um, you know, we're bringing them in for the conversation to come together. So that's been really exciting. Um, definitely more of the focus on systems and prying our control freak freakishness tendencies out of things is huge because I think that's going to be really massive for business growth um, and personal growth, right? Because we don't have to be in everything all the time. We don't have to be in the doing all the time. Um, and I think the other piece of that for me, at least, and Jesse may have more to add to this, but is kind of always making sure that we do have that support network. So a year ago, we um, were working in a facilitated mastermind with a coach. It was a wonderful, transformative, and just 
awesome experience. Um, this year we are not moving forward with the coach and we really were feeling the vacuum for that. So we've made sure at this point we are part of a really engaged, um, you know, peer mastermind that's really focused on making sure that, you know, we're all at the same points, relatively speaking in business. We all really want to give to each other. It's not just about who can get, um, that we all have a real alignment of values that's been really huge for us because we've learned that two woman island show is not sustainable at all. Very cool. And Jesse, would you like to add to that? Yeah, pretty much everything that Marie touched on. And I think um, one of the biggest things, circle back around to the book club she mentioned, one of the ways that we structured it was that on we would alternate months. One month would be a professional development book and one month would be a personal development book. And doing that, um, obviously, since we're facilitating the program, we can't skim the books. We're reading the books. We're, we're absorbing the books. We're creating the materials for the books. And even though it's a relatively new program, we've only been running it for a few months, um, enough that we're, I'm, we're only on our second personal development book right now. And just those that like book and a half, it's just this, this commitment to taking time out of my day to step away from the computer screen and look at something that with the intention of making myself a more cognizant person about who I am and how I can grow and how I can celebrate more and just that taking that time has been huge for me. And I anticipate will be moving forward because it just has been so transformative already. Mm, incredible. Wow. We've covered so much today. I think this has just been incredible. I love every concept that we've sort of brought to the table and you've been able to really dive in deep, which has been amazing. So I'd love to finish off with just one question, but I'd love you both to be able to have the opportunity to answer. So is there anything that you're really excited about right now? Marie, would you like to start? <laughs> so much. <laughs> I mean, you mean in addition to like all the movies coming out this summer, whatever. Um, I am very excited about turning our definition of thought leadership into a framework. I really feel like this is the key to being able to empower people to feel like thought leadership is has meaning, um, that it is valuable, and that it's attainable for them. So we actually debuted the um, the framework during their most recent retreat, and we used our retreat covers as skinny pigs. And so we learned a lot from that experience. I think it was valuable for them, but we also learned a lot of ways that we can tweak and improve it. So I'm very, very excited about um, sort of getting the the copywriting agency side of things moving smoothly so that we could really focus on um, this creative portion of our business and being able to create something that's um, really sustainable and really meaningful for people and accessible to them, regardless of whether they are um, interested in hiring us or not. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. And Jesse. Yeah, you know, everything that Marie said is absolutely, I'm super excited about. And I actually, what I'm most excited about is personally being able to use that framework um, to expand our influence bubble um, because I have a background in teaching. I love being on stage or in workshops or in classrooms. And honestly, as a copywriter, you spend a lot of time sitting at your computer typing. You're not in front of people a lot. Uh, and I'm so I'm really excited that this 
this direction will provide the opportunity for me to work with people in that capacity again, where I can just get up and talk about this thing that I'm really passionate about and that will help them grow their own platforms in a sustainable way and just get kind of into the nitty gritty with them. And that, that for me is something that is really, really exciting. Awesome. Very cool. I'm very excited to even see where the, where you're going to take this. This is incredible. So tell me if people are wanting to reach out and find out more about the thought leadership, more about what you do, the copywriting and everything, where would they go to find all of that information? Sure. So um, they can always visit our website, um, which is where you can find um, a link to that copywriting character quiz. Um, but our website is northstarmessaging.com. Um, if you're interested in creating that brand voice guide, we have a free opt-in called um, Brand Your Voice. Um, and that is really about creating that sort of word bank that's just for you. It's great if you have a team or it's great if you're working on developing that brand voice in the first place. So that's at northstarmessaging.com slash brand your voice. Is that right, Jesse? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, and then also, we always are welcoming people to come into our free Facebook community, which is called the Thought Leaders Think Tank. Um, we get in there three times a, um, a month. Um, we're, we're doing um, the leadership forum live stream. So Jesse and I talk about topics around thought leadership and messaging and how what's the intersection of these things. And then once a month, we invite everybody in the community to come together again as peers um, into a Zoom room for a round table on this, on this topic. So it's really exciting. This is where I think a lot of the, the activity and the growth is happening for people in our audience. Um, and we always are welcoming new people who are interested in either this idea of thought leadership today you know, do they have the components that they're looking for, um, you know, or, or what can they do to strengthen one of those three areas, the expertise, the innovation, or the influence? Mm, awesome. Cool. I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes so people can reach out to you and find out more about it. And the Facebook group sounds amazing. Um, is there anything that you'd like to finish off with today? Just thank you for your time and thank you for everyone listening. I hope that over the course of this conversation, you've gotten a few nuggets that will help you really you know, identify how you can step into your own messaging. Whether you really resonate with the idea of being a thought leader or not, your voice is still important. Your voice will always be the most important thing about your business because it's that connection piece and it's what allows you to build those relationships that will really last. Mm, awesome. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you both for your time today and for your passion and your innovation expertise and influence. You guys have been incredible and, and just so easily bouncing off each other. I just love it. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I think it comes down to a great facilitator. <laughs> so thanks for having us. <laughs> you guys have must have a really great partnership to be able to do that too. Like it does definitely show. So we have a lot of questions. <laughs> on all of your success. And I really look forward to seeing more future success with everything that you're doing. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.